Welcome to the Choose Life Radio Network. Your host is Jill Taylor. Every week we bring you a candid conversation with someone who's making a difference for the cause of life. And now here's Jill to introduce today's guest on Choose Life Radio. You know, there are times we don't understand why God hasn't given us our heartfelt request. And other times when we are amazed by his gifts of second chances. Dr. Haywood Robinson is a gentleman who honors everything God has given, and he's also a child of God. Psalm 71, 20 and 21 declares, Though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter, you will restore my life again. From the depths of the earth, you will bring me up. I'm Jill Taylor, and I'm so grateful to have you, our listener, along with us on Choose Life Radio. And our featured guest today, Dr. Haywood Robinson of 40 Days for Life, is going to speak with us specially about his story. Dr. Robinson, welcome to Choose Life Radio. Thank you, Jill, for having me. It's a blessing to be here. Your title of this show, Choose Life, is very biblical, as you know. And Deuteronomy, Moses wrote to choose life so that your children may live. There are consequences for our choices. We're living in a death culture where we're killing thousands of babies every day in the name of choice. And yes, we are Christians, and we are pro-choice. However, we are in favor of God's choices. And it's a blessing for me to have the grace to be here and to be a believer and be in the family of people and the creator and the creator of life that I could stand before you and, and anyone on the planet and anyone on heaven and earth, and say that by the blood of Jesus Christ, that he who knew no sin became sin, that I might know the righteousness of God, and that Jill might know the righteousness of God. It's not by any act of mine, but God reached down at a particular time in my life and turned me around, had my Damascus Road experience, my deception with respect to abortion, everything else, it's changed. You know, I wasn't going to hell because I was a, an abortionist. I was going to hell because I had not accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. That is a great basic statement that we need to come back to because it's what we all need to come to. Sometimes we think of one thing in our life that we did that we say, boy, I, I guess God will never forgive me for that. But the reality is God wants you to be forgiven. He wants you to seek him. And he definitely wants you to be able to open your arms to what he has for you. You know, when I first met you and your wife, Dr. Noreen Johnson, I was really mesmerized by your testimonies. You both had uniquely painful and glorious experiences with our Heavenly Father. Noreen did a wonderful interview with us on Choose Life Radio, so I encourage our listener to go back via our website and hear her interview. It breaks my heart to know that Noreen is no longer in this world to be a part of our talk today, but we know heaven is her home now. Hayward, would you show with our listener, please, how the two of you met and fell in love and began your careers as MDs and perhaps more significantly as abortionists? Well, Noreen and I met in Southern California 
during our respective residency training programs. I'm a family physician. However, I was trained in OBGYN, pediatrics, internal medicine, you know, surgery, because family physicians have to have that balance. Maureen is OBGYN. I, I met this uh, young lady. We worked together for about a year before I got socially interested in her. (laughs) (laughs) Needless to say that once it started, I must say I found her to be so unique. She's from the the Republic of Trinidad and Tobago. I thought she was just a wonderful, wonderful physician. We worked very well together. As a matter of fact, she was one of the physicians that trained me to do the DNC procedure or the procedure that's used in most first trimester abortions, you know, at the time. After we became involved socially, we started moonlighting together at abortion facilities after hours during the week and on weekends. And I will tell you that it was very easy money. And I remind people in the audiences that I speak to that when you subtract the variable of money out of the abortion equation, you have no equation and you have no interest. I would not be on this show with you, Joe, if there wasn't the significant money factor that drives the abortion industry. It's easy money for the doctors, it's easy money for the facilities, and unfortunately, they thrive on women in crisis, and they take their cash, and they take their baby, and it's just an unfortunate thing. I just wanted to share with our audience, Noreen and I, in the process of of writing a book that will uh, have all of the, the juicy details, so to speak about a lot of uh, how we met, how we worked together, et cetera. But I guess the easy way to put it in a nutshell is that you've got two people that met, two people who the Lord saved, who were baby killers, and no, we didn't enjoy it, but we did it for the money, who come together, and eventually the Lord, in his great timing, moves us from darkness the light and into the pro-life movement as leaders and a passion that we've shared since the time we've been in the movement. I'm so grateful you said that. I think that one of the things that I'm really hoping to do, I've also been on the other side of that, as you well know, that I've spent 18 years working in a, a clinic of help for women who come in to say, I need an abortion. Is this the right place? And of course, it wasn't the right place. It was a place where we wanted to help them find all the other options, not abortion. In doing that, we um, we had an opportunity so many times to save the life of a child right there and in a discussion and finding out how we could help that person. But Haywood, what I'm going to ask you to do is very difficult. It's going to be difficult for you. It's going to be difficult for me. And it may be difficult for our listener, but I feel that one of the things we don't talk about 
is the procedure of the basic steps of ending the life of a child in the womb. And I'm asking our listener to be willing to hear. However, if you have young children listening with you, dear listener, I want you to take them out and get them occupied in another room because this is important. Because if we don't understand this torturous form of death, we might flippantly discard abortion as something a woman has the right to do. So, hey, would would you do that favor for me? Would you talk about what does it take to do an abortion of maybe a first or second trimester baby? Well, first, we need to remind our audience that more than 50% of first trimester abortions are done with a pill, and the woman is usually aborting by herself, at home cramping, sometimes bleeding very heavily. They may not even see a small baby or what we call products of conception. So I would consider this more or less chemical warfare against the child. Basically, the way the abortion bill works, it uh, blocks the pregnancy hormone and the, the pregnancy dies and generally shrinks up. The woman is supposed to only use the abortion pill with a certain time window in pregnancy. However, we know that a lot of women take it a lot later than they should. That's probably the most sterile way to describe an abortion. Is probably the one that is least gory. As you uh, move along. But wait a minute. Let me talk here to our listener. You're going through that procedure alone. You're in probably your, your right. home bathroom. You are seeing something that may even have some formation of a child. And then you're asked to flush it down the toilet. You know, when they tell that line that this is just a procedure between a doctor and the patient, no, the doctor's not there. There's no nurse. The only time, generally with the pill, most of these clients don't even ever see a doctor. They can get pills via the Internet or via the mail. And it's a very depersonalized, lonely, many times painful, physically and, of course, psychologically, painful experience. Go ahead and talk about the further along. The further along you get, the more developed the baby is. Once you get into the second trimester, you can see the figures. How do you do that? The lady is lying down on the table and you use instruments to dilate or open up the, the opening to the uterus. And then you use instruments to pull out or suck out the baby, and the baby is torn up, you know, to the arm, head, thorax, leg, placenta. You know, you have a, a basically a mutilated child once you're moving toward the second trimester, and that's why, uh, and you know this, Jill, from working in your facility, that you need to account for those baby parts because you got the little hands, the little feet, etc. And it's it's a horrible thing to look at and have you realize what you've 
you've just destroyed and mutilated a, a baby that the Lord was putting together for his purpose. Does the doctor ever inject some sort of a shot? We usually do what is called a paracervical block where you inject around the cervix where the nerves are, but it by no means takes away all of the pain. It takes away some of the pain. That's not what I'm asking. I'm asking about that baby. Oh, the baby gets no type of comfort, anesthesia, or nothing. And and we found that, yes, babies can indeed feel pain. They are totally dehumanized as far as any respect for comfort. Even, you know, when we execute a criminal, at least they're given a sedative. So, no, the baby gets nothing but mutilation. Oh, Haywood, I can't thank you enough for what you just said. And I can guarantee that our listener has never heard that from a doctor to understand. You have done right there an education for our listener to really understand we are still harming and then ripping apart children in the womb and they feel it. And Satan has promoted through abortion a way to legally kill another person because of where that person resides. As we take a quick break from our interview today, I I want to ask you, our listener, a question. Do you like the interviews that we share on Choose Life Radio? Have you gone to our website, chooseliferadio.com, to hear other interviews you might have missed? Interviews with powerful guests and stories from broken people. And finally, have you considered being a part of financing this ministry? We're on approximately 750 stations across America, and we get requests often from other stations asking for us to air on their lineup. But we simply can't take on any more stations without your help. You, precious listener, can be a huge part of sharing these stories and impacting lives for Christ. And please pray about the part that God wants you to play in sharing these stories of saving the lives of unborn children. Just go to chooseliferadio.com, and across the top of our website, you'll see a place to donate. I thank you. No, I really thank you for your support. We could not do this without you. So let's get back right now to the interview that we're having with Dr. Haywood Robinson. I'm so grateful for a chance to have a doctor explain. Right now we are sorry with him as he's lost his wife recently. She was a great partner, a great love and we wish she were here today. But we do know she's in a a very wonderful place, and we are now loving that you are also in a good place with 40 Days for Life. Can you tell us a little bit about what is going on with that wonderful organization? Well, 40 Days for Life is, I don't have words for it. I've been with them since day one. It started right here in Bryan College Station, Texas, our name in the beginning was the Brazos Valley Coalition for Life that was started by an undergraduate student who, once she heard about the proposed opening of a Planned Parenthood facility in Bryan, she was just angry and said, no, we're going to do something about this. She called a meeting, and this would have been in the late 1990s. She called a meeting 
at one of the churches across the street from the university. Now, this is a time when no emails, but we wanted to do whatever we could to try to prevent the place from opening. Needless to say, we did not succeed. It became quite a famous place because those people in the audience who watched Unplanned recognized that that eventually became the place where Abby Johnson walked out of after assisting with an ultrasound-guided abortion. And it's always interesting how, you know, something that she'd probably seen many times, God caused scales to drop from her eyes. We have a very simple model. Uh, One day, while the staff was praying, the Lord clearly spoke to them and said, I want you to pray 40 days and 40 nights in front of the Planned Parenthood facility, and that's what I want you to do. Real simple instructions. Well, we did that, and I was there for the very first vigil, and we recognized by objectively measuring the number of cars that come into the parking lot, the number of abortions based on the county statistics, all went down so we could clearly and objectively state when we had a 40 days for life rally, 40 days, of course, 40 is a very biblical number in the Bible, that it had a negative effect. There were people who were reporting some days as high as a 70%, no-show rate. For various reasons, the mother or the prospective mother was convicted, didn't come, for whatever reason. And the model took off, and what we have now, in the past uh, almost two decades, almost 700 prayer and fasting campaigns around the planet, Europe, South America, Mexico, Australia, the Philippines, with a very simple model of prayer and fasting and it's stopping abortions. And it's a funny thing. Many people are surprised when that happens, but the Bible clearly says the prayers of the righteous availeth much. And I think we just get surprised when we're obedient to God and things happen. It's amazing how sometimes we're surprised, but it's a blessing to see the success we've had, and the role we've played with a multitude of other pro-life organizations to help advance our cause and be involved with a a big step, and I say a step, of the uh, repeal uh, and rolling back of uh, Roe v. Wade. I wonder if you could give me a feeling for how we can reach out to physicians that are doing what you were doing. You were doing health care for other people, you were doing regular doctoring, and then occasionally then it was also abortion. And you were taking life and you were healing life. That has to be a complex thing that you, you struggle with when you go home and put your head down on your pillow, especially if you're a believer. God, I did a really good job over here. <laughs> this guy is feeling so much better. Thank you for letting me heal him. God, over here, two or three of those children that we really didn't think were wanted are now gone. They're back to you. 
for doctors who are walking that tightrope, how can they get out? Most abortionists just do abortions. They don't do regular medicine, and it's tough to get to them. Who talks to the abortionists? I can't say that I know an abortionist personally. These people, they try to act like they're proud of their work. There's one that works 100 miles from here, and she comes in oh, every two to three weeks. She refers to herself as the traveling abortionista. Organized medicine is turned against the preborn. I just want to remind our audience about a basic tenet of medicine. We used to believe that first, a do no harm. The Hippocratic Oath, which was written a long time before Christ, we're talking about thousands of years, which said that we would not perform abortions, would not be involved in euthanasia, even at a time when they had no technology, no pregnancy tests, no ultrasounds, etc., they knew that there was something special about preborn life. We have forsaken the preborn, but this has been a massive, massive betrayal of the public trust by denying the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness to preborn children. And I just want to remind the, the audience again about another point. Yes, let's not fight the ball in the end zone, but Roe v. Wade, there are still states that are going to be doing abortions. And until every American born and preborn has their right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness recognized and can exercise that right, we, our work has not stopped. The work that we're going to be doing in the next 50 years is going to be more difficult because we're fighting state to state. We're fighting one situation from one situation, and we, we really don't know what to expect. But we do know I'm not giving up. I'm pushing forward harder, and we want every person to have their rights recognized. I so appreciate that. It's a great way to kind of wrap us up today. I hope our listener understands that he's speaking directly to you and to me. He's saying every person needs to be involved in this fight. You have to be a person who's available for the conversation. When someone says, I don't know quite what to do, I'm pregnant and I'm scared to death to tell my family, and so I think I need to have an abortion. That person needs to be able to say, oh, sweetheart, I'm here for you, but don't do anything that would destroy that little life that God gave you. That's the message that we need to have on our tongues, especially as Christians. We need to be talking about it in our churches. And one of the things that I really want to applaud is every pastor that will discuss this in a sermon in their church. I just want to thank you for that. And so what you're talking to us about right now gives us a real picture of what's truly happening. And you're right. In the states of California and New York and some of those other very aggressive states in between, children will die at nine months. That's correct. We have a job to do as Christians. We are the army of God. And we got to pray. And that's what I'm going to ask you to do, Dr. Haywood Robinson, would you pray for us today? 
Yeah, I'll do that. Thank you, Jill. Lord, we come before you. Lord, I just ask that everyone listening have a calling, have ears to hear where they're going to be used in the pro-life movement, that there are babies that can be saved, there are novel, new ideas that can be used to save babies that somebody is sitting out there that has in their spirit. Lord, you told us clearly in your word how much you love children and that each and every abortion you do interrupts your project of construction of a new human being made in your image with your spirit. And Lord, we just beg forgiveness for our planet and all of the abortions that are done, not only in the United States, Lord, but in all the other countries. So I just ask that you bless this show. We know that each and every time that this show goes on the air, there's a new voice, there's a new set of ears that is hearing things for the first time and that they can be inspired to do your work. So I ask that you bless this radio show and we look forward to all of the impact they're going to have in your movement to save babies. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much, Kay Wood. Well, it's my pleasure, Jill, and the way I see it, I'll see you here, there, or in the air. Thank you so much for joining us today for Choose Life Radio. There are more stories to be told. Perhaps you know one of them. And if so, I encourage you to go to chooseliferadio.com. I'm Jill Taylor, your host, and I invite you to join us next week right here on Choose Life Radio. The preceding program was sponsored by the Choose Life Radio Network of Canton, Ohio.